0: When you stand up and get ready to take a blow. You have the confidence that you can accept
1: the blows. As a point of interest, none of my men wear protection in the
2: blind. After all, you wouldn't want your attacker to
0: get injured. That hurt my foot.
1: Let's go ahead and get the show started here, folks. I was just enjoying the the sights and sounds of an FC Dallas home match. It'll be a few months before 2024 kicks off. And before that, those sights and sounds are back with us, whether you're there in the stadium or you're watching on Apple TV at home. Welcome, everyone, to Afterburn Soccer Show, our final show of the year, our final podcast Welcome as we break down just a flurry of FC Dallas news and kind of look back at the whole season. Uh, I'm Nathan Hill. You can follow me at uh, Nathan J Hill. You can follow Ishmael there in the middle. Welcome him back out uh, Belcora Ishma on on X, I guess now and uh, and our buddy Jose Carmona at El Chico Carmona. Uh, What's up, everybody? Th- yeah, thanks. For, thanks for joining us tonight. Yeah. Um, yeah, where, where's my other dad? All right. Yeah, there he is. So, yeah, we have some stuff. So today, so let's just talk about overall kind of where we're going to start. We'll, we'll start by looking back at the season uh, as a whole, and I'd just love to hear both of you. We've have some distance now to think about this season and the complexity of it and how you would grade FC Dallas overall. But then today there was a press conference featuring uh, FC Dallas head coach Nico Estevez and a, technical, or a general manager, uh, Andre Zanota, and have a couple of clips that we can get into a little bit later. They made roster decisions. No major surprises there, but we'll get into that. And then and then more importantly today, a big-time signing um, that we'll, we'll talk about this kid, Enes um, Sali, uh, and, and kind of what his promise is uh, for this team. So... Uh, let's just start off by looking back at this season. Ishmael will begin with you as you know um, how do you think FC Dallas did it was a weird year. it was a hard year injuries definitely played a huge impact on this team. as you look back, are you satisfied with FC Dallas's performance considering or um, are you think you know do you think FC Dallas didn't achieve their full potential?
2: I, mean, I think both things can be true. It was kind of a meh season. Um, we had seven points less this year than we did last year. That's not really what you want the sophomore year of your new that coach. But that's not what you want when you invest more money and bring in more players into a roster that did very well last year. And it wasn't like last year we overperformed, we performed at a level that I think everyone expected us to with the players that we had. Players that we brought in like Legit and Ariola performed at a high level. This year we had a substantial amount of injuries. Uh, we had players like Ariola and Legit underperform. And because of that we did worse this year than we did in twenty twenty two. That's it's like based off of what happened with injuries and how extensive they were. I guess you can say that's fine and you can look up look you can look back at it and accept it. But honestly, it is still disappointing. It 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 can be both things at the same time. Um, with this being I think it's it's an interesting turning point right now for Nico because this is kind of it's kind of in the same spot that Luchi was. Where Lucci did pretty good his first year, all things concerned. And then the second year did a little bit worse. And then the third year did a lot worse. And so it's an it's an interesting pattern to notice. Um, and hopefully it doesn't continue as it did with Lucci. Yeah.
1: Jose, your thoughts. Well, I have to disagree
3: with Ishmael. On on one hand, he's right, right that this It's a disappointing season. I'm not going to argue that. But as far as last year finishing fourth, even with all the additions, nobody thought we'd finish that high. So I think we overperformed last year. And because of that, it set us up for higher expectations this year, which weren't weren't met. Now, yes, the the injuries can be blamed uh, for part of that issue. But it's on Nico's shoulders. In all honesty, he convinced he convinced the owners and Sonata that he could do with a with a shorter roster, with a, with a with a with a smaller roster. And because of that, this team really wasn't very deep. So when the injuries hit, they didn't really have the personnel that that could help them out. And and that's something that Nico has to learn going forward. That because of the uh, League's Cup and, and all the added games and whatnot, a short roster simply isn't going to work. He's going to have to uh, go out there and field a much deeper roster. Than, and, and I'm not saying that that's possible. We don't know. Our hands seem to be a little bit tied. But uh, if he continues to to preach a short roster, then we're going to be right back here next year.
2: And I mean, like, based off of that, like, I even, even if I disagree with you with the concept that we overperformed in 2022, whatever it like, whether we overperformed or performed as expected, I think that becomes the expectation. Again, that's I the baseline. That, right? And yeah. like, I mean, legit played well last year, Ariola played well last year, but they weren't lighting up the league. Uh, Jesus maybe was something that couldn't be replicated because that's like he was the top scorer in, this, in like in any season of FC Dallas history. Maybe that was something we couldn't uh, expect as a continuance to this year. But I think that these other players, they have salaries that should match the performances that we saw last year. And so, yeah, I mean, it's not something we can't always expect that every player performs at a high level each game. But, I mean, a lot of them didn't in a lot of games this year. And it's just... Maybe disappointing is too negative a connotation, but it just feels too... It feels too... Uh, like, it, it's happened before. Like, we've, we these sophomore slumps for managers has happened time and time again. And I just... Again, if this is, if it matches the Lucci trend, that's going to be that's going to be a difficult twenty twenty four, and I
3: hope it doesn't. I think I think Lucci lost the confidence of his team. I, I don't think Nico's there yet, um, but I will say my biggest disappointment for this season was the drop points at home. Just too many drop points at home. Just simply unacceptable, regardless of of the reason for it. Yeah, uh, major. Be, they, they went out and, and performed well on the road. So to see them go out on the road and, and, and play well and then come home and not play well, that's just simply we can't something we can't have. You know, Fortress uh, Frisco had a lot of breaches this year. And, and that's should be the biggest thing they need to work on regardless of what they plan to do with the roster. They need to make Frisco a place where teams come to loot, drop points and, and, and that's what I need to see from Nico next year.
1: That's good stuff. Well, let's, let's go, uh, let's go ahead and jump into some of those, uh, comments. Um, uh, first of all, I asked Nico right at the beginning of the press conference, just sort of about, you know, looking back at the season, what were some areas of need that the team, um, can improve on? And here's his, his answer.
4: Uh, I'll start Nathan, uh, with your, your question. I think, uh, as Andres said, is a, a lot of learning uh, this year. It was uh, the first year that the schedule looked like uh, different in MLS. Uh, I think all the teams have uh, we have learned things. Uh, one of the things we've learned is the decisions that we made uh, um, last year and how we strengthened the roster helped us to achieve uh, the playoff. And uh, because, as you notice, all the teams uh, struggle with uh, injuries, and we were. Also, one of them, and uh, we felt like uh, the roster uh, was strong enough to help us to to get into the playoff. Um, and then the positions, I think, uh, is something that uh, Andre also will address. Is uh, we we look at uh, the players that uh, uh, we have to make decisions on them, and uh, and then the areas that we have to improve. As we always said, we will, we want to keep a strengthening the roster, and it will depend on the, the needs in the positions that we. We have to to do one thing that we for sure know is we want to to score more goals and uh, we want to be a, a more aggressive team uh, on the offensive offensive side and it's something uh, us as a staff uh, we also can can help uh, the team to be better on that side.
1: So they want to definitely strengthen, um, definitely want to strengthen the offensive side, which which makes sense. I mean, you know, I, I think in these press conferences, it's it's rare that. You hear uh, coaches will just say, oh, we want a new central defender. We want, we're want we going to get this kind of player rather that they're you know, keeping their cards a little close to their chest and they don't want to upset players and things. But uh, on the other hand, you, the defense was solid and you have that core returning defense going into 2024, uh, including one of the best keepers in the league. So maybe it makes sense. Hey, we want to make sure our attack is even stronger and we're scoring more goals than before. Um, You know, I mean, it it makes sense. And I think the new signing also probably helps that out a little bit. But just before we we kind of shifting from that, were you all surprised by any of the roster decisions that FC Dallas made? I mean, the big two notable uh, guys released, Jose Martinez, central defender, um, and Facundo Quinone, a, a, a... defensive mid, both uh, had their contracts, uh, that were not exercised, and so they are on their way out. Um, a few guys uh, are getting negotiated with. Hyder O'Brien include, is included in that. Jimmy Moore is a backup for another season. Uh, so that's ongoing. I have a little clip, I think, about that coming up. Um, but yeah, any surprises on the roster decisions uh, from your perspective? Uh, I mean, I was
2: kind of surprised that they brought back siki um, based off of how far he fell he's very good roster um value because he's pretty good at a very low salary but like they just did not use him. uh i think that uh, letting go of quinone and martinez and i anticipate that o- obrion probably uh will probably not come back um is expected Hmm. i think that that was what had to be done uh there are special moments especially with Quignon, uh because he scored a lot of uh he scored like a couple of goals in those like big clutch moments other he did a lot better this year than he did last year but i mean we're just we're trying to like we are trying to build a roster that competes in playoffs that's meant the hump that we just haven't been able to get over just making one that competes in playoffs that wins maybe not just one playoff game, but maybe two playoff games. Uh, we just haven't seen that in a while. And I think that getting that uh, roster space, that cap space um, is important. Um, I mean, the biggest surprise was bringing like letting go of Colin Smith and keeping her end away in my opinion, but,
3: Agreed. But
2: that's, that's so minimal. I thought
1: Colin Smith did pretty good at Birmingham, but it is what it is. Yeah. Some interesting decisions and what, well, and Jose, before I get your response, let's, let's hear him talk. Well, um, well, go ahead, go ahead Jose. I guess I realized this clip may be well, different. I, I
3: agree. I mean, the, the biggest surprise for me was that, you know, they allowed Colin Smith, they didn't, uh, um, bring back Colin Smith, considering you're going to have Jesus, Giovanni Jesus injured to begin the season, and you need someone behind uh, Tomasi. Now, they're bringing back Enderly and 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 letting go Smith. And that just kind of blows my mind. It must be a money thing. You know, the Hunts like to save money. So (laughs) Uh, Colin Smith, if you look at both their seasons, and and, and Colin Smith was teared up in uh USL championship and in Italy was hardly seeing minutes. And so you have to wonder why that decision, decision was made. So yeah. I, I'm, I'm surprised, I'm surprised, you know, you know they could have used them, used but them my guess is, is they said, we can't, can't keep them both. Keep One of them's got to go them. and they, they uh, chose to go with NLA instead. Uh my other surprise, although I really shouldn't be surprised, is is Korka that they're you know negotiating with him, but I think that has more to do with the fact of just how thin the back line is, that you need a body there, and 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 so if they can bring him back, you know, you know for for the year and then load him down to North Texas at some point, but I think that's more like an uh, emergency. Uh, we need bodies there, and we don't have any. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But other than also that, that's...
2: The other one that I think is interesting, uh, people are clamoring uh, for them to complete the discussion is for them to bring back Jimmy Maurer. But I think we're at a turning point with Antonio Carrera where if he's not the backup, at the very least on this team, he's going to be gone. Because mm-hmm. he's played so well with the youth national team, and he's yeah. played consistently with North Texas. i think that that's kind of something that they've had to if they want to have carrera here for at least two years he needs to be at least the backup to pass and i think that well
3: i think it depends on what their plans are for carrera i mean if they intend to loan carrera to the usl championship um then bringing mar back would make sense but if they're not going to do that if they're not going to loan him out to the usl championship then bringing mar Back doesn't make any sense at all.
2: Well, based off of roster, how much the roster got thin this year and how many things happen next year, I think that the second keeper will get minutes. And so yeah. at this point, they have to decide whether or not they think Carrera is good for those minutes. It might be only like four or five games this year. Murphy isn't. And I think that this might be a point where Carrera might be thinking, do I just ask to leave? And that's something they probably don't want to. They don't want. They don't want Carrera to go. So, I think that they really. It's. I think it's interesting that Jimmy is still in discussions. Uh, but I do think that at this point Carrera and his team, his family's a very sports-oriented family, want Carrera to get minutes at a professional, like a high professional level. Yeah. And so it's not surprising that that kind of discussion is happening.
3: And also we all visibly saw that more has dropped off. Yeah. And and that's only gonna continue. So so I agree that they definitely should uh make career the backup. And you know, well time will tell, you know.
1: Yeah and the uh Zenoda indicated that during conversations they made offers to uh the those players, Korka um and to Moore and to Hyder O'Brien, but that doesn't mean that, um, that, that they're going to, those guys are going to sign those deals. I mean, it's an ongoing negotiations and Zenodo was pretty clear that like, Hey, um, the conversation's happening, but it's, it, there's no guarantee. There's no timetable. So we'll, we'll see. I mean, of uh, those, I, I mean, I think bringing back Hyder would be, would be fine. Um, but maybe, Maybe you let him walk. Maybe it's time. I I just want to add
3: speculation. Uh, sorry, I just want to add speculation that with the fact that they brought back uh, Siki and they're ne- negotiating with Heider, uh my guess is they both must be close to to uh, getting their green cards and yeah. and not counting as international roster spots because that would be really if if that's the biggest knock against both of them. You know, they're not starters. Uh, they're going to be backups, and you don't want backups taking up international spots. So my guess is, is if they brought back Ceki and they're negotiating with Hader, it's because they got to be close.
2: Well, so Obreon might realize he's not a starter next year, and might realize that he has value to another MLS team as a potential starter, given that he actually performed above expectations this year. So. If the club doesn't have him in the plans to be a starter, that could be another factor. Where if, but they're offering Oberon a lower number, and Oberon's like, well, maybe there's a really crappy MLS team like the the graveyard of FC Dallas, XFC Dallas players, Colorado, who would take me. And so come on, uh,
3: you wanted to say Austin, Austin. you can say Austin. Yeah, Austin. It's okay.
2: It's okay. <laughs> there's multiple. We have enough.
1: Yeah, well, so one of the interesting things is Ford FC Dallas, which is both, I think, a positive um, and, and a negative, although a lot can happen between now and the start of the season, is that you really do have already a mostly full roster. Um, and so that was a question that came up, and certainly there are about three players that are definitely in conversation for green cards, and that could happen very soon or down the line. Which would alleviate some international roster spot finagling that the, that the team will have to do, but it doesn't leave a lot of room. Although Kinone and Jose Martinez's contracts were on the larger size, and so side, so there is some some movement there, possibilities. But here is uh, here's Zenodo when we asked him about uh, when uh, Drew from Big D asked him about the space in the roster.
0: And, and we've had players that we wanted to move and ended up seeing other players that we. We didn't want to move in the past and ended up uh, moving them because we had good offers uh so um, you never know like what, what's going to happen we we feel good about the roster we have the players we have we need to make some some uh, minor adjustments to, to uh one one uh tom i'm not sure i was thinking I, I didn't reply but it's with there is a possibility of still bringing one more dp player so we're gonna make those those uh, changes that we feel are are, are necessary in, in 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 to make this this stronger group. But at the same time, as I mentioned, I think uh, our our group is is strong enough. If we if we manage to keep them all healthy uh, throughout the season, I'm sure we can we can compete and we can face any any opponents uh, in MLS. So, uh, but uh, but yes, we will we we. Let's see what happens in the market in the next month or a couple months.
1: So there might be movement. I mean, that's something we're all um, thinking about the future of Jesus Jimenez, who is just uh, really awful, I think, over this last season. Um, certainly had his injuries to deal with too, but also, you know, the future of Sebastian uh, and and, and even a Paul Areola, and 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 when those moments are right to trade players. he In an earlier answer, he sort of hinted that uh, in this past season that FC Dallas moved players that they didn't plan on moving and didn't want to move, but offers came in that were good, and I think that references Edwin Cerillo and, and Brandon Cervania. Um, and so it, it seems that they have an open door. Like if someone comes in with a strong offer for Areola or for – any player on this roster, they could consider it if it helps the team get better. Um, can I can I add something
3: though? Sure. I, um, because initially I was concerned that they only you know really released three players, and and that's really not much movement. But let's remember that you know as Sonoda mentioned that you know there's talk of adding an additional DP uh, slot to the to the rosters, and there's talk of increased salary cap you have to think that there's got to be talk of increasing the roster. So uh, I, I want to think I'm not saying that all this is going to happen. I'm just saying that FC Dallas may, may be simply holding their cards tight to their chest and saying, hey, we need to wait to see what the changes are going to be before we make any big decisions. So we're going to make the simple decisions now and then wait to see what we're going to do with Jimenez or some of these other players. So I, I have to think that, that being how conservative FC Dallas is, that they may be waiting to see what the changes are going to be officially as a, instead of just talk before they make any actual decisions about how the, what the roster is going to look like next year.
1: In fact, as Zunora mentioned in the press conference that He'll be in Phoenix next week um, to meet with other executives, and they'll be talking about some of those changes. And, and uh, you know, one of the questions I asked them at the end—I didn't pull it up this that clip, but but may use it on the website later this week—is um, you know, getting both Nico and Andre's uh, opinion, which uh, about this this thing that came out of the Philadelphia Union GM also lifted it up. This idea that. You know, MLS teams with all this congestive schedule of all these games and injury issues, they just need more options on the roster. They need a deeper roster. They need more tools and flexibility to, to put competitive teams out there. And so maybe there'll be some big changes coming into 2024 to, to encourage teams to, uh, you know, deepen the, the talent pool available to them.
3: So, you know, they don't even really have to increase the roster. They can just simply make changes to the way teams can bounce back and forth between the reserve teams and the senior team, make it easier, make it more more possible. And, and if that happens, if you make it easier to move players back and forth, it would then embolden teams to stockpile talent in their uh, reserve teams, um, which we've seen some teams try to do that. Already in in, in some teams, not a lot, just a team here and there, you know, St. Louis last year, for example, uh, Charlotte this year you know, you've seen some teams try to stash a talented player or two in the reserve roster. And if you make it so that players can bounce back and forth freely or with, you know, with not a lot of limitations, it would embolden teams to strengthen their roster. Their their reserve rosters.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, but I mean, I also think that it's very likely there is some major roster rule change happening in that meeting that Zenodo is going to in this next week. Uh,
3: and I want to, I, I want to yeah, believe that, but I mean, can he do that without you know the the players' uh, association? You know, without I mean, them there's, there's
2: there's probably been discussions. I mean, I'm not gonna lie messi's uh arrival changed a shit ton and i mean at this point there's probably been discussions over the last six months that he's been here about what could not what could be changed and what can't be changed uh it's like everything in mls that mls hq does uh it's going to be decided very late i mean the trade window opens up next week and the fact that this is still a rumor about possibly happening Next year, and it hasn't been decided, is kind of wild. But I mean, that's part sure. for the quote. It's MLS. I think that there is uh, maybe not the DP spot. I have a feeling DP spot might be added in 2025. But that's too drastic of a change. Um, and like with this very little time frame, but I anticipate like maybe uh, the cap goes up. Uh, maybe there is an a little bit looser rules when it comes to uh, movement of MLS Next Pro and MLS that would help MLS Next Pro grow, which is another goal of MLS, so that would kill two birds with one stone. Um, I just think that there's, I think there's gonna be a drastic change or two that we find out by next week. Mm. And-,
3: and I think simplification of certain rules would also help like the U22 initiative, uh, how many you could have was tied to the number of and type of DPS that you had. They to just eliminate that and just make it a flat. You can have, you know, your three U22 initiatives regardless of what you have for DPS. Simple as that. Just simplifying rules like that, making it easier to make decisions with your roster would that would go a long way. No, yeah.
2: simplifying MLS rules is way too complicated.
1: Yeah. That was, That's, yeah. MLS is any surprises in, in uh, MLS cup finals from you to the Los Angeles FC against Columbus crew? I mean, my biggest surprise was how well Cincy played and then just how uh, they just collapsed. They just ran out of gas and had nothing.
2: I mean, Wilfred Nancy is probably, I'd say top two, top three coach in this league at this point. He's incredible. The stuff that he's been able to do with that roster, there's really good top end talent, but, I mean, he makes subs like Sean Zawadzki in the second half, and that changes the game. That's wild. That's that's incredible. He's playing Rudy Camacho at center back and a left back at another center back position. And he's still able to do what he does in this league. That crew team was incredibly fun to watch. and I mean, Nancy probably will go to Europe in the next year or two. Like he's really been that. Good. Um, it, it, like they, they kept the pressure on, and Cincy even after going down 2-0 on a free kick goal that you're not on a free kick, mm-hmm. and just kept pushing. And it was in, it was it was very interesting to see Cincy's defense slowly crumbling. <laughs> like they were holding out strong at the beginning, but.
1: It's a deep cut from from coach there, yeah.
3: I I want to say that Miasca sealed Cincinnati's fate. His the whole, I mean, that's the last thing you want right before before a final, is is all that distraction going on. Yeah. And and I'm not surprised Cincinnati collapsed. They 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 played well, and and I could have seen them winning. But as far as I'm concerned, Miasca sealed their fate, and I didn't even bother watching the game. And I was not surprised that Columbus won. It's
2: 2023 MLS Defender of the Year, Miasca. Yeah. Yes, yeah.
1: he yes. did
2: not say that.
1: That's not the but... Well, yes. all right Well, let's let's get to the big news: uh, a U22 signing for FC Dallas. Um, I thought this was interesting. It's a risk. It's a four-year deal. But uh, Ines uh, Sali, and I'm going to throw up some, some highlight clips from him as we, as we talk about him. Young, he's 17 years old. He'll turn 18 in February, um, but, but, but has made a mark already in the top flight in Romania, uh, but comes also from out of Canada, Toronto area. A really interesting guy, touted as one of the best products, uh, one of the best players in his age um, range. A, a, a big signing, but also a signing that's going to take time. What, what were y'all's reactions to the signing of this youngster?
2: Well, I don't think it was very much of risk at all. Like, this is a player that, if he's good, he's good. If he's not, you let him go in those four, like after those four years. Like, his numbers aren't great. He's only got like five goals in like two, three years, but he's only 17. And he's, he's, I mean, he's not going to be the starter. It's not like the U22 signing with Giovanni Jesus, where they expected Jesus to be the starter by the end of the year. Like, that's not what this is. This is a player that is very young, that multiple top European teams have been looking at to sign in the next two years, and FC Dallas are just taking, like, giving him a chance. Um, Like, he's not going to start this year, I don't think, unless he really is that good, which if he's only scored five goals in 50 games in the Romanian league, I doubt that he's that good right now. Uh, But he probably will be a starter by late 2025 or 2026. And, I mean... That's he's, He seems like a good player. We'll, we'll see how he grows over the next year.
3: Well, I want to say that I do kind of agree with Ishmael, but at the same time, you're talking about a teenager who's playing with adults. That by itself is impressive. He's already capped by the Romanian national team in an actual qualifier, not some friendly. And, and so this kid's... Uh, He's what listed as one of the top 60 players in his age class. There are currently only three players, including himself now, in the MLS that fit that distinction. So this is a top-tier prospect, and I applaud FC Dallas for going out and getting him. There's no guarantee that he'll amount to anything. I understand that but this is the kind of moves you want to make when you pride yourself as a team that, that, that likes to bring in and develop players and sell them. This is the kind of talent you want to sign. Mm-hmm. You know, this is not, uh, uh, I, I love the kid we had from, from, uh, Hungary. What's his name? Um, uh, Sable and, and, and this kid is on another level compared to him. So uh, on potential mind you on potential productivity. He's a young player, uh, we can hope that that he'll he'll come in and he'll hopefully produce for this team at some level, but there's no guarantee of it. We understand that. But as far as going out and acquiring a top tier prospect, this is a top tier prospect, and it's nice to see FC Dallas land one. They've been going after uh, Romanian uh, prospects. Uh, they've been linked to several. I think Haji was the last one that they tried. That, uh, according to rumors, that they that they tried. And uh, that was verified by Haji's uh, uh, father, I believe, who said that FC Dallas had made an offer and it, that was an unrealistic offer. So that doesn't mean that they came close or anything. But they've been showing interest in trying to sign players from that area, the young players, and they finally landed one. And I, I'm excited about it. You know, this is the kind of players that, yeah, sure, maybe they don't add to anything, but it shows that FC Dallas, does actually go out and try to sign top talent, young talent. We wish they would have that kind of uh, uh, tenacity towards high-end established talent, mm-hmm. but this is who this team is.
1: Well, let's let's jump over to Nico on this signing and, and the timetable he kind of suggested.
4: Uh, you know, uh, Andre, from uh, when I came here, it does really well is try to anticipate in the market uh, to detect the uh, young talents to, to bring here. And, and it was a, a great opportunity uh, for the club and uh, for the future. And, you know, uh, as we always said uh, with the young players, and we have uh, Bernard Camungo as a, as a case of that, um, even uh, that they are young and uh, we have to be um, patient and we have to help them, as you said, adapt to to uh, a new country, but not that new because he's uh, from Canada. Um, he lived in Toronto uh, for a, a long period also. And um, his family will be closer than, than in Europe sometimes, you know. And, and I think the adaptation uh, will be a part of, of uh, uh, something that we don't expect uh, an issue. Um, but on the soccer side, he, he plays a style of, of play that, uh, and we play a style of play that he fits very well. Um, and as the case of Bernard, um, the, his learning process and, and the way that he does things will we, we'll dictate um, uh, how much he's going to contribute to the team and how much he's going to help. Then we, we cannot put dates. We cannot say it is medium, long term. You know, it, it's just to let him do their thing and uh, we'll help him to put a good platform to, to him to, to develop and, and be an important player for, for us um, in, the, in the present and in the future. Um, on the technical side, he's a winger that is very vertical. He can come inside. He's a good dribbler. Uh, he can combine and has uh, really good t- uh, tools uh, that are exciting uh, for our team. He'll help us to, to make these quick attacks that we are uh, well-known in the, in the league, uh, and it will give us speed and uh, threat uh, to the opponent's uh, backline. Also, he works hard and has a great mentality, and he wants to be the best player that he can be. And uh, he's young. He has a lot of ambitions and energy.
1: So there you heard uh, Nico talking about this signing. And he, I think he does fit, um, and this is the question uh, in the chat here from Hoj. I think he does fit the, the needs of the club. I mean, if you look at some of the Twitter commentary about him, he does have some uh, similar negatives that a guy like Fab, Fab, Fabian Castillo had when he came to to Frisco um, but just you know decision making in the final third uh, you know running out of options dribbling himself into an issue so I, I think earlier on like it's like is this another is this a replacement for Hyder obreon but he is young and he has a lot of upside and so I think there's room for this to grow and his dribbling skills look really. Nice, um, uh, and could be a really a nice asset across from Bernard Kamungo, um, for for this yeah, team. Yeah, and I mean,
2: like, this is definitely like I said before, this is an investment. The expectation is not that he's going to, uh, walk in first game and like light the league on fire. I mean, they the rumored transfer was I think three million. Uh, I, this is this is the club though saying that they expect him. To return in value, either or in the performances at some point in the next four years, or in the transfer out. Like, he, like that's how the Hunts think. That they think about the return in value. And so, he's very high prospect. Uh, I just again, it it will still probably be Ariel on one side, Kamu on the other side for the start of the year. Sure. Just based off of this kid being seventeen and needing
3: a little bit more time to develop. I actually think that he is Velasco's future replacement. He's been brought in. He plays in a similar style, similar position, uh, and and likes to cut in just like Velasco does. Uh, I think he's a guy that you bring in and say, okay, you know, Velasco, he's going to be here another year, two tops. And in that time, you're already working on his replacement. You're already saying, hey, Let's become a, 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 a team that produces players on the wing and and I think this is what this is. This is a player that basically was brought in with an eye towards the long future and saying, Hey, look at the contract, four years. So when I say he's Velasco's future replacement, I, I'm saying I, I mean that. I'm I'm saying they're gonna hey, let's have this kid develop behind Velasco. So when Velasco's gone, we already have the next player step up for him available.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah, and and by the way, in the press conference, speaking of Alaska, there's no plans to put him on the season injury injury ending season ending injury list, or you know, it's gonna they're gonna keep him. They believe he might he might get back better. They're staying in touch with him, and there was also this um, question asked, I think from uh, Buzz at third degree about concern about Allen's uh, comments on a sports program down there in Argentina about kind of coming back to India pendente. Pen, oh my gosh. Um, Independiente. Um, you know? yeah, my words are failing me tonight, but, um, um, and, and while that was evidently there was some, a little conversation with the, that club reached out to his agent, but it was never a serious, it never went very far. And it was just, you know, he loves his hometown club, his, and he was wanting to help them out, you know, but, um, it, he said, Zanotis said there was nothing to be concerned about there at all. Um, it was kind of uh, just a story. Um, but yeah, so, but but overall things are looking a little more positive for for Velasco maybe to be uh, ready to go a little earlier in the season than, but of course everything might change. You know, you never know if he has a setback, what the team may have to do at that point. Um, so it'll be an interesting to watch as we begin the season to see kind of where he is and uh, in his in his coming back from that that tough injury,
3: and I just want to add that that while wow, on some level, uh, Buzz's suggestion of, of, of putting him in the IR makes sense, from FC Dallas SC Dallas's point of view, it, it makes no sense at all because you want to get him before the end of the season. You're gonna you're gonna be getting basically a player who has the potential to be a playmaker for you. And, and, and you want that. Even even if you only get him for a couple of months, even if it's not 100%, you still want him on your roster and you want him available because, in theory, he'll be back for the playoff push, which is when you really need him the most. And, and that's... I never really agreed with the, with the whole put him in the IR thing. I, I understand monetarily why that would make sense, but in reality... If this kid can come back and help you at the end of the season, you want them available.
1: All right. Well, good stuff. Well, look, I think we need to leave it there. It's dinner time here in the Old Hill Household. Thank you, Ishmael. Thank you, Jose, for your contributions over this past year. Thank you, guys. We'll be regrouping. The slide will be a little bit quieter over these next few weeks. There's not so much to write about, but you, you'll see a few more pieces um, go up as we head toward and, and take over into the new year. But appreciate everyone, appreciate all our viewers uh, and all the comments and questions. All right. Thanks Good all night, guys. Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night.